and welcome to The Leaderverse with your hosts, Drew Lee, Lucas Sheradin, and me, Jesse Button. Today, we're diving deep into the often tumultuous world of New Year's resolutions. We've all been there, setting ambitious goals with the best of intentions, only to find ourselves struggling to keep up with promises we made to ourselves, but, 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 but. Before we rush to judgment, today, we invite you to reconsider your views on resolution makers, yourselves, and your journey. We want to remind you, this is part of the messy, beautiful process that is personal growth. All of that and more today on The Leaderverse. How do you lead into the new year? You know, it's a new year, whether you're following a 12-week year, a plan, a New Year's resolution, we start over again. Drew, as we record this, it's January 10th. The gym is already less than it was 10 days ago. I mean, people have, and I don't bag people for making new year's resolutions i i think that's kind of weak-minded when people say i don't believe in new year's resolutions i don't think they work well if they work for you they work for you if they don't work for you don't work for you don't have to bag on those who it works for and if somebody's trying to make themselves better i'm I'm cool with that however 10 days in people are already going back to old patterns because i i, I don't know why it is we believe in uh, at least maybe me subconsciously believes that there's some sort of m- magic fairy dust that happens December 31st that all of a sudden makes diets a lot easier on January 1st makes uh-huh. uh, financial goals easier on January 1st and so it it's it we have to know whenever we make a commitment or make a goal or try something new we have to reprogram the story we're telling ourselves in our head about yeah. that whatever that is because we've never done it before we gravitate towards what we determine is new so it's a new year a new me, a new thing, a new habit, a new, and we tend to gravitate towards new, which is why most diets start on Mondays. Yeah, that most it's- most workout plans start on Mondays. You know, I read somewhere I'd quote it if I could, but I read somewhere that said by the third Friday of January, something as high as like ninety percent of New Year's resolution or 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 those who have set that I'm going to go work out. Are, have already, you know, they've already canceled or broken their New Year's resolution. Mm-hmm. And, wow. you know, I I wish in the future, here's, here's, here's my take. If you are a gym owner out there listening to this, do me a favor. Next year, offer a new gym on, hours only. You know, give them a discount, but, but make it like not convenient so they're not in my way. Because that's the only problem I have is I yeah. show up on January one. By the way, I was on December there 31st and I was in November and I, I show up in January. I was like, why are you on my equipment like I own it? Why are you in my way? Yeah, and I'm, you know I'm that who guy they that are because that, you're like, I've never seen you here before. Yeah, I, I'm that guy though that stands annoyingly at the like the if there's a bunch of benches or if there's a, a bunch of squat racks, I'm the guy that just stands annoyingly just looking at people that I know should you know this is it's like it's terrible. I I know I'm totally like breaking gym protocol, what have you. It's just like get off, but none. I, I don't want to be judgy, but I am. So um, I think but- New Year's where it falls in the year is is absolutely silly. It's a silly time of year to make physical resolutions that bring you outside into the cold. It's like, I wish that we could make more internal resolutions. Financial ones are great, but the ones that put you out in the cold early when it's dark, when human beings should be cozy in their beds, maybe that's why they don't work. But mm. But why is it like, why specifically on the third Friday, were this research that you were reading, Drew, mm-hmm. what happens? What happens in your brain? We've broken our promises to ourselves by that point in time, 
we we took you know we had a drink when we were going to drink less or not at all or we ate a cheeseburger when we were on a healthier diet you really think all it takes is breaking that one cycle for most people to say screw it it's it's it's, it's done it's toast i've get and they and they give up and rather than hey what if you just ate healthier and stopped this contrast between healthy and unhealthy or working out or not working out or being in business, not being in business. There are so many stark contrasts between extremes that so few people can find a pathway just to live in the middle. Healthier, better. You know, we use a, one of my one of my pet peeve words, and, it, and this may rub a lot of people the wrong way, uh, and I don't apologize, is I can't stand the word consistency. I don't like the word consistency at all because it doesn't define anything. What is consistent enough based on your goal, your target, what you're working towards? What's a healthier version of you? What is consistent with that or consistent enough to achieve that? But if you say, all right, my goal is consistency. What does that mean? Because the consistency of a triathlete is going to be very different than the consistency of an Olympic 100 meter dash, you know, competitor. And the consistency of a long distance endurance runner is going to need to be very different than a consistency of a power lifter or of a swimmer. The consistency in business will change depending upon where you see your business going in, in, a, in a 12 week or 12 month period. What we really need to determine is what is consistent for that. So we stop thinking of it as it's a this or this. I'm consistent or inconsistent. I'm all in or all out. I'm in, out, black, white. There's just no, there's nothing in between. It's it's an expectation. It sounds like an expectation of perfection when you talk about consistency. That, I'll give you a leader verse example. Uh, I told you both I was going to record a best of 2023 Leaderverse. And I got about halfway through it and I hated it. It wasn't perfect. And so I gave up. I gave up. I I think we all naturally have an expectation. When we set out to do something new, we have an expectation of perfection. And then when it's not perfect, we pop yes. one tire, we we slash all the other three in our brains. Yes. There's a there's a book I recently read called the four called Four Thousand Weeks. And the author described that the average lifespan of a human being in North America is roughly about four thousand weeks long. So it, it makes time more meaningful. You can look at that and say, well, yeah, that's kind of morbid. I don't know if I want to read that. What, what it does is it time is ultimately what creates not only perspective, but it what it it what's uh time is what makes things memorable and it what's it's what makes things remarkable. Because if we didn't have a time, mm -hmm. if we had an infinite life, for example, why would we ever celebrate the holidays? There'll be another one next year and there'll be another one in a thousand years. Why would things have any meaning if they weren't had some kind of time associated with them? So, so mm -hmm. in this book, he discusses, hey, the value of time and why it's important and why does it matter? And then, and then how we utilize it. He talks about perfectionists and in their pursuit of perfection, they realize they're not perfections, perfectionists. They're actually procrastinators. Because a perfectionist will do something and then do it again and do it again and do it again and do it again until they get it perfect. What we what we think is perfectionist or being a perfectionist 
it's actually procrastination at its finest because if it can't be done and it can't be perfect and it can't be done right or there's no guarantee of success, then we just don't do it at all. So he describes one of the greatest, most beautiful architectural cathedrals that was ever planned that doesn't exist. And he shared the name of the individual. You'd have to read the book. And he said, this person designed the most beautiful cathedral the world would have ever seen. But then he realized no designer, no builder could ever replicate his design. They couldn't build it this way. It wouldn't exist. It wouldn't be flawless. And then Mother Nature would do her thing or his thing or whatever. It would eventually erode due to time, due to weather. It wouldn't remain perfect. So it couldn't be built perfect. And then it wouldn't stay perfect. Therefore, he tore the plans up to what was never created to begin with. How many of us do that? I can't do it. I can't do it well. I can't do it perfect. Then I just don't do it at all. So by the third Friday, I've already screwed something up and it's no longer perfect. So I might as well not do it at all. Mm-hmm. See you next January. I, I think that's a, yeah. I think that's the best. I think that's, I think perfectionism is, well, number one, it's a, it's a, it's a big illusion. It doesn't exist, right? Something could always be more perfect than, than what it is. So it's an illusion and it is a, I, I was I've been thinking a lot this, over this holiday about procrastination, and I think I'll tell you like in a couple of months what I what I think about procrastination. I'll I'll wait to tell you that that's a joke, Drew. <laughs> a, but 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 here, here's the thought that I have about procrastination, and I've had a couple other thoughts about about this. But it, it's it's when I procrastinate, there's a level of arrogance that I'm living with that I assume I have tomorrow, mm. that I assume I will have another shot, and. I my word for I, I I'm one of these guys and I've heard people bag on me because they don't believe in this one word for the year. But that book uh, by John Gordon changed my life. As one word for uh, could, could change everything. And I, so I pick a word every year. I've done it for over a decade. It serves me really well. And if you don't like it, uh, let Jesse know that you hate my idea. But when, nonetheless, 2024, my word is now. And that would seem to be an impa- uh, like a terrible word for an impatient person. But actually, impatience is not living in your now. Impatience is being so caught up with a future result that yes. I'm hurrying past my now because I have to get to some sort of instant gratification. And and also, I've had somebody push back on the word now saying, well, gosh, I do things now because I don't believe in my future vision. I said, no, you're doing things now because you have no vision. If you have a vision, then I could do the mundane now yeah. So I could get that then because when I get to my vision, all of a sudden then becomes now. You never really get there because once you get, quote, there, it becomes here and you screwed up there. There <laughs> is a mythological thing, just like yeah. there is no such thing as past or future. Everything is now. So the yeah. only re- place that the past exists is right now as I describe it. The only place the future exists is now as I describe it or imagine it. Yes. So all that exists is now, now, and now. And so I've, I've been thinking about that. And the whole thing about procrastination, Drew, hit me like a ton of bricks. It's like, I assume I'm going to get another shot at this. I assume I could tell that person later. I And I mean, we've had we've all had loved ones recently that have passed away or something has happened. I It's such arrogance that, you know what, Jesse, I appreciate you now. And I'm going to say it now because right now this is what I have. Drew, well, I kind of like you too. It's like, I'm going to tell you that now. Because yeah. I don't want to assume. And and like 
I was thinking about this because Drew, I'm, I'm terrible about this in my business. It's like, if something's not working, let me go start something new. Because in my, my mind, starting something new is creative, exciting, and it's got, I don't take care of what I have now. I don't say, okay, there's there's two, two ways to make more money or create bigger opportunities. It's create something new or yeah. double down on what you currently have. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I'm really leaning into that this year is like, now I'm going to make the most of what I have now. And I'm going to take leader verse. Let, let's make the most of this now. Let's, this is an opportunity we have now. Um, and I think of that movie Lincoln where um, Abraham Lincoln's looking at his cabinet and they're saying, you know, maybe Mr. President, we ought to abolish slavery later, or we ought to wait till, you know, we win. Or he goes, no, now, 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 all we have is now. I, I'm kind of wanting to live my life that way this year. A note, a note on procrastination, too. I think uh, everyone will admit that they've done it before, but when you're in the position and you are you are procrastinating, it's helpful to know that you are not lazy. You're stressed out. The yeah. you're procrastinating. Your choice to do another unimportant task that has nothing to do with the goal is yes. you're. It's just you looking for a little dopamine mm -hmm. hit because you're stressed out about something. That's it. You're not it's lazy. not always a bad thing either. Mm -mm. You know, it's I know it's demonized of procrastination. It's it, it and it really is demonized like it's always a bad thing. Uh, I have a little bit of a different take on it. Sometimes I embrace it because I look at something and I say I could do it. Like because there are so many things as entrepreneurs we could do. It doesn't necessarily mean we should do. We could do a lot, but if you ever stop and pause and ask yourself, all right. I could do that, or I want to do that, or I should do that. And then you find yourself consistently procrastinating. Have you ever stopped to say, maybe it's because it's not exciting and compelling or purposeful, or I'm not passionate enough about it to actually engage and then work towards it. It'd be cool. It'd be nice. You know, Hey, let's go build a YouTube channel. I've thought about that before. I'm sure many of us have. Am I procrastinating or is it just not compelling enough to make a deep enough impact in my life to actually activate the, the engagement side of my brain and engage people and move towards that direction? Mm -hmm. So it's not always a bad thing because there's so many things I, you I could think pursue. It, it, yeah, what I think about that, Drew, is that, that becomes the decision. That, it's not procrastination. In my mind, procrastination is a subconscious reaction to what I need to do right now versus, you know what? That's not really important to me right now. I'm going to just do that later or I'm not going to do it at all. You know, there's a thousand things we could do. Yes. I'm just deciding I'm not going to do that now. Yes. What I And that to me is different than procrastination is like, I, I, this, I need to do this now. Well, let me go watch Netflix. I need to do this now. I, I, I need to go through my PL. I need to go through my budget. I need to go to a recruiting appointment. I need to do this. I need to lead generate, which I'm working with my sales team. When we heard that inside the Brivity platform, we know that 5% of all of our database will list their home in the next 12 months. Mm -hmm. I, I said, Oh my gosh, guys. Why, why am I paying for internet leads that convert at 1% when you already have 7,000, 8,000 people that 5% of them, we just have to get in front of them a little. That's, I, I tend to procrastinate. Those are the things that I think of that. Those need to be done now. Yes. That's procrastination versus, yeah, let's start a YouTube channel. Well, let's just not do that now. 
to me, that's a little distinction in my head, at least. But if you say I need to shoot a video today, or I really should do that, or we'll do this podcast or whatever it is, it's like, okay, what is it that's procrastinating? Is it because it doesn't have a timetable or maybe it's not that important? And right. and in and, and, and then addressing the the how piece, you know, you and I commented on this on this statement and we connected on it, Lucas, is you'll never connect with the present if you spend all your time reaching for the future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And actually that was so timely when I saw you post that, Drew, because it was like I, I was right in the throes of thinking about now, 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 and that I'm so, and that's why I commented on your post saying that I am so committed to my future vision and it's so compelling that I'm willing to sacrifice instant gratification to stay in my now so I could get that. So we started this episode with the idea of, all right, it's the new year, the new you maybe. And, and yet really it's the same you. What are you going to change where you're intentional, purposeful in the now to be a better leader for your people in your organization, for your business, as a husband, as a wife, as a spouse, as a partner, as a parent, whatever that primary and that important, most important roles are for you is how do you be that person in the now so you can be a better you into the future? Can't be a better you in the future if you're not being a a better you now. It's like you're just pretending to be future you, but now. Exactly. You're enjoying it now. Mm-hmm. I recently read this, and I want I want to share this. And I don't know where it came from. There's no there's no reference point. So if you originally wrote this, one, it was amazing, and two, thank you, uh, and three, um, you should have really added your name to it. And it was it was called an interview with God, and it said, you know. Living in the present moment means no longer worrying about what happened in the past and not fearing what will happen in the future. It means what's happening now and living for today. Choosing to live in the past or the future only robs you from enjoyment today, and it also robs you from truly living. And in this interview with God, man asked God, what surprises you most about humankind? And the answer, that they get bored with childhood, they rush to grow up, And then they long to be children again, that they lose their health to make money. Then they lose their money to restore their health. And that thinking anxiously about the future, they forget the present such that they live in neither the present nor the future. They live as though they'll never die and they die as though they'll never have lived. Good. Uh Uh-huh. So who are you going to be in the now that just by focusing on that creates a better you this year, a better leader and a better human this year. I like what you said. It's such an important point about uh, Lucas, about um, delaying gratification about delay. I think that future me must have in her past delayed a lot of gratification because if she's so successful in the future, which is now, right? It's starting to make sense. It's starting to click. I'm starting to get it. (laughs) Well, as leaders, I think this is the tension of leaders. As leaders, we are, by definition, the people who have vision. We, We could see the future in our heads. And so what do who do I need to be now in order to earn the right to get that? And, um, and I, I'm also thinking about like, is it possible? And I don't know, this is one of those random Lucas 
sitting with way too much time on his hand on vacation thoughts. Is it possible to live in instant gratification all the time? It's just how do I frame instant gratification? Can I, it, like, can I, right now, could this be completely instantly gratifying? Can I live my nows so that every now moment is instantly gratifying? So I'm never delaying gratification. I'm always having instant gratification. It's just how do I frame gratification? I don't know. Maybe it's one of those stupid rabbit holes that Alice should have never gone down. I no, it's so good. It's so good. It's um, uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson. Your life is not margaritas on the beach. Your life is the 15 minutes that you spend with, with your wife at the breakfast table and the 30 minutes when you come home from work. That's your life. And if you don't enjoy that, you've wasted your life. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do enjoy the the, the margaritas at the beach. I'm that not going to lie. Please. So. well and to some degree it's like why is the longest 60 seconds ever either when you're staring at a microwave or when you're holding your breath for a minute oh my gosh because that's the microwave you had to go there i i have to get to a therapist about that (laughs) stinking microwave so so by the way lucas ladies and gentlemen lucas is the guy if you ever walk into your your office and there's a microwave in your office and you see like six or seven seconds still remaining from the last person, it that was zero. It never has zero, buddy. I don't know why, but five seconds to go. It, it's okay. I've waited long enough. <laughs> Those are the times the where you're truly so present in the second. Because what you're doing is the when, you're, when you're holding your breath, about you're two. Start again. Mm. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I'm, I'm thinking about too, Drew, is how do I stay? How do I work the my mental muscles so I really can stay present? Like I, I think of the the few moments of my life, you know, like I, I did jujitsu for a while and I was very bad at it. I never got it. And, um, but I remember that, you know, a 200 pound, pound man throwing me around on the mat putting me in a chokehold i wasn't thinking about gary keller at the moment i wasn't thinking about my office is not recruiting enough i wasn't thinking about my problem i mean all i was thinking about i was like good gravy this hurts and i was very present and i I, i'm not so i i we read not too long ago a book by um, michael easter called the comfort crisis and in, in that he suggests a practice that you and i talked we the three of us were talking about before we jumped on how do I stay present? And he suggests that once a year that we do what the Japanese called it is a masogi, where it's something that is, there's a 50% chance you're not going to succeed. But the second rule is that you won't die doing it. So uh, there, there are people that will, I think one of them was like, they go down, move a, uh, you know, a boulder underwater 300 yards or something like that, where they have yes. to hold their breath, move the boulder, come up for air, do that. Uh, there are people who do an ultra marathon. There's people who do uh, who skydive. I can imagine. I, I watched a video by Will Smith on sky his experience skydiving, which is a fascinating video, because he said it's he, because the night before you skydive, you're like waking up like oh my gosh, you're catching yourself and and you get to the edge of the plane and he's it's funny because he says you realize for the first time in your life you're in a plane with an open door. He said this is the crazy and he says it's scary, scary, scary terror. And he says, the moment you step out of the plane, it goes to instant bliss. And he said, at the moment of maximum danger, the fear goes away. And fear is always an anticipation of something. And I can imagine, though, when you're jumping out of there, you're completely present to flying. You're flying. And so I'm thinking, what, what's our Masogi for the year? 
what what can we do in in our lives that stretches us way out of our comfort zone so we are completely present in a moment uh, my wife won't let me jump out of a plane and I, I respect her too much or scared of her too much, whichever one, maybe. I, hey, I won't hey do that's that. a good no. thing, Lucas, because if she was like, you should do that. Hey, and after you do that, you, <laughs> sh- you should surf at YMA, even though you've never done it. And then you should trek. You know, we, we, we got to interview a, an author, Colin O'Brady. Correct? <laughs> so and, and, and he said his wife was encouraging him to climb all of the top mountains in the world, including Everest. And then he, his wife was encouraging him to cross uh, the Antarctic continent from one corner to the other as a solo person, un, un uh, assisted by any other humans. And I would say, like, I would be more concerned if my spouse was like, why don't you go swim with the great whites outside <laughs> of a cage? And hey, yeah. I bet you no one's ever petted them. You know, I would be, <laughs> I would be nervous. So that's, that's probably a good thing. But, but a masogi yeah. is, it's a, it's a traditional Japanese ritual of cleansing. If you really look it up and you look at the history of it, you'll find monks and you will find people in very little, like almost loincloths underneath waterfalls and fountains, because it was a cleansing ritual of almost finding a new you or a now you. And so what it's designed to do is pick that one moment, that thing that you can do that, as you said, uh, you're one of the rules is, is it can't kill you. You're not supposed to die from this, but you have a 50% failure possibility like it's it's going to be a you have just as much chance of failing as you do of succeeding so it's not something you've done before it's new and it's that defining thing that when you look back on your year you say i did that i stretched myself i could have failed it wasn't going to kill me or i had a high probability of not dying you know let's go with that and it may be jumping out of a plane it might be serving it may be doing uh, something endurance, but it could be anything. What's it for you? And in that moment, you're, I promise you're going to be in that now. I've never skydived nor probably yeah. will never. And yet when that, I can only imagine when that door opens, there's no more present than that moment. That's exactly right. That's a now That's moment. Exactly. I, I know that last, last week, last week I was, you know, took the first vacation that Bobby and I took our vacation. First time that we got away since before COVID. So we were long overdue. We went down to Cabo. And one of my bucket list items was to go deep sea fishing. I'd never been deep sea fishing. I, you know, freshwater fished all, you know, quite a bit. And so we went out and the, the guy goes, well, what would you like to catch? I said, man, I've always wanted to catch one of those blue marlins. And he goes, well, they've been biting. And sure enough, within the first hour, it's on and that blue marlins you can see it way out in the distance jumping and he's doing everything that it did all on the national geographic shows that i got you know and he goes okay sir senor come here come here and they sat down and put the pole in there 15 minutes to drag that bad boy in i'm wow. going to tell you my hands were cramping my arms were cramping my back was cramping and nothing else existed in the world other than that that huge and by the way, I'm going to say that, you know, it was at least 20,000 pounds. I think it was actually about 70, but in my mind, because I'm a fisherman, it was probably about 20,000. But it was, it was amazing that when you do things like that, when you go outside of your normal routines and when you, when you, it's, you program in that kind of stuff, it's amazing what happens afterwards. Because there's such, this is just what happened with us. You know, we caught, I think we ended up catching one blue marlin and then five other mahi mahis. Um, which they were all a lot of fun, 
But when we got back to the room, I don't think I had more clarity of mind. I had had more clarity of mind in years before that. It's just when you're completely present in a moment, the benefit is afterwards that there is such clarity of thought of what you want. And, and honestly, this is just a little Lucas telling on himself, I live with such anxiety right here. You know, just it sits on top of my chest. I'm always thinking about what if this does this, what if this does this, and man, the this market's down 30%, our revenue's down over here, and this employee's got this challenge, and I got this. And so it like the the, the spaghetti in my mind is always what yeah. well, you do a Masogi, you do a bucket list item, everything gets really, really clear and such peace exists in that moment and, and the reason that happens on a on a mental on a actually on a physical and a psychological level there's a there's a reason behind it and the reason is is your brain is naturally hardwired to solve problems it's yeah. so hardwired yeah. and so magnificent to solve problems that if it doesn't have a problem it creates them in hypothetical situations in your mind they only exist in your mind that says all right what is the next point A or point B or what problem could exist? What could hurt me, harm me, kill me, maim me, destroy me, end me in the future? Oh, and, and if that would happen, then what would I do? I mean, come on. I, I cannot be the only human being on the earth that still wonders what they would do and if they would survive the Titanic. Okay. Like, what? but if I were there, if I were there right now, and the sick were seeking, would I get on the lifeboat? Would I dress in drag and get on the lifeboat quicker? You know, would I push some women? Would I get on? Would I survive? Would I push Rose off the door? How is my brain? You would have totally way? pushed Rose off the door, buddy. You would have. I told totally, it. Rose would have been. Rose would be. Rose's toast. both on the door. There I, was I gotta, room. I got to tell you. I would have found that diamond in her pocket before I let her sink with it. I, I'm just telling <laughs> you, know, you know, and in, and in my defense, they knew each other like four hours. Okay. Maybe two days. Yeah. It, that does not make a long relationship last. So, you know, give me, give me some, it made a great movie. It made a great movie. It made a great movie. The movie. <laughs> but, but that's, that's the illogical side of your brain working to solve problems that don't even exist. I will never be on the Titanic. It sank in 1912. But my brain wonders what would happen if I were and how would I do it and how would I navigate it? And if I were on our brains doing that every day, which is where anxiety comes from, our brain manufactures <laughs> these illogical illusions of problems, challenges, fears, hypothetical situation. And then it works them to logical or more logical or more survivable probabilities in our head that's why we always have these conversations of well i would say this and this person would say this and then i'd do this and i would and then we find our way through the hero through the villain through the victim through the guy and to navigate that storm and where are we not living we're not yeah, catching yeah. marlin right in the moment we're not we're not jumping out of a plane we're not underneath a waterfall we're not we're not high we're not in the moment yeah. just looking at them right now this is so interesting because my Masogia this year we, we I, I debated whether or not you know bring it onto this podcast but because drew's a, a phenomenal coach uh, i'm making it really public that this this year 2024 i'm running my first marathon i'm and i'm not uh traditionally i'm not a runner i'm you know i've done, done some 5ks and uh, but i i like going to the gym 
I just don't like breathing hard. And so <laughs> it's like, and so I've never been. And it's interesting because what I've been stressing out about, Drew, this is just so fascinating to me is like, well, how do I train for that? What's the best training app? What's the program that I could get involved with? And I'm gonna, I, I see that you're supposed to take about six months to prepare for it. So I'll start March 1st and the weather starts to get better Kansas City and, and what have you. And, and it's amazing that as soon as I announced that before this call, you happen to have a project that you have to work on because of a project you're working on. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So I'm going to help you. Design, I'm going to help you design your workout plan. Yeah, because that's something you were told to do separate of this conversation that you yes. have a, an assignment that you have to do a workout plan for somebody. Yeah. Some poor sap out there. So, and you've run marathons. So it's like, and by the way, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, get a partner and get a coach. And just for the record, Lucas referred to himself as a poor sap, not anybody else on this call. <laughs> <laughs> but I noticed you totally did not disagree with me, Drew. So I'm just saying. I was just confirming. I, I don't I don't agree nor just. <laughs> but I, I think it's I'm just not an opinionator. I, I'm just thinking about like, I've spent time like researching, thinking and like, okay, who would I talk to about how do I run, train for a marathon from couch to marathon? I've seen those apps all the time and like, are they any good? Are they, you know, what, what have you? And a lot of my mind has been out of the now thinking about how to do something in the future. And just by saying a goal, it's amazing how the universe conspires and brings things together. And here, here's what I, I think that's amazing is people are listening to this right now, stressed out about situations. And I have to believe for me, it's God, but for who, the universe, whatever, I believe that God is orchestrating conversations and events and circumstances behind my back unseen that I'm not aware of that I step into. And it's like, wow, how did that just happen? Like just a simple little thing is Drew, how long ago did you get the challenge to de design something for design a training plan for somebody? When was that assigned to you? Monday. Okay. So I've been worried since Cabo last week about how am I going to train for a marathon? Unbeknownst to me, Drew's going to get an assignment on Monday that I actually now could be the vehicle for him to get a, get a Yeah, And Monday. And yeah. since we're, I, I, since I'm obviously we're doing a podcast, it just dawned on me. Nobody knows what Monday was. Monday would have been two days ago for me. And how long ago was Cabo for you? Uh, it had been the first week of the year, so 10 days ago. So 10 days ago, you're thinking of this. Two days ago, I'm assigned to something that's going to help you on this path. And I just arbitrarily said something because I've seen you run marathons, not expecting that you would have a training program. I think this is um, more than a coincidence, more than just being successful in business and having a great network. I think that this is a way of thinking that that leaders can stand to tap into. When you're putting something out, a big goal out into the world, it's about more than accountability. The people that care about you or just know you and follow you, once they start to think about it, it supports your goal. It only supports your goal. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite And then books. look what happens. Well, one of my favorite books is a book called The Alchemist by Paolo Cohen. Yeah, I, I think I pronounced that correctly. And one of my favorite quotes from that book is, when you want something, the whole universe conspires in order for you to achieve it. And if you're listening- yeah, I just said that. Say, and that's well, that, totally that doesn't happen totally to what me. I got that book from. Yeah. yeah, that doesn't happen to me. Well, then what is it you want? What is it that you want so badly? Well, in fact, uh, in fact, the fact that they just said that doesn't happen to me. Now the universe.
versus conspiring to make that happen. It doesn't have Careful. a right to use. They call well, it spelling for a reason. Be careful with it. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. I'm one of those freaks. Oh, Jesse. I won't even say, I quit saying, I as much as I can, I quit saying good morning. I'm one of those freaks that say grand rising because what are we mourning? I'm telling you, it sets the tone for the day. I'm careful with my words. Grand rising. So, so, so you're not single. <laughs> I, I I'm very much single. See? But you stop telling yourself that. See? That's, that's exactly it. You're reaffirming. And that must I know, be what you I know. Want. It, is, it is delusion to look at myself in the mirror every morning and say, I am so loved. I'm so happy in this amazing relationship. It is. It's delusion, but it'll work. It'll it'll work one day. I'm just it's pretending to be Look, future me the, right the now, and that's what'll make up. happen. But you are in a loving you know relationship really... with the person in the mirror first. Yes. And then the others will follow. That's what happens. I, in my former life, I was a pastor. And one day it hit me as I was doing a wedding uh, for a couple that literally there were millions of small conversations and small decisions that all kind of did this to where these two people met at the right time where they would be attractive to each other. So I would just say Mr. Wright is still getting ready to meet Mrs. Wright. And it's he's he's just getting prepared because – Hold on, buddy. Jesse Button oh, is I th- a I think it's wonderful. Big I life, big living woman. The the thought around, you know, the person that's right for everybody. If you are so unique and so wonderful and so amazing, then so is that person. And it's it takes it takes time to put all that together. It's a it's it's a good thing. It's a good thing. I need you guys to be my dating coaches too. Please tune in for Drew and Lucas's Dr. Love moments. 